Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. The FT. Welcome to World Weekly with me, Gideon Rachman. This week, the American presidential election. We ask whether the first Romney-Obama debate has changed the momentum. The debate saw Mitt Romney, the Republican challenger, on aggressive form. Now I'm concerned that the path that we're on has just been unsuccessful. The president has a view very similar to the view he had when he ran four years ago, that a bigger government, spending more, taxing more, regulating more, if you will, trickle-down government, would work. That's not the right answer for America. I'll restore the vitality that gets America working again. President Obama tried to hit back. Well, for 18 months, he's been running on this tax plan. And uh, now, five weeks before the election, uh, he's saying that his big, bold idea is, never mind. And the fact is that if you are lowering the rates the way you describe, Governor, then it is not possible to come up with enough deductions and loopholes that only affect high-income individuals to avoid either raising the deficit or burdening the middle class. It's, it's math. It's arithmetic. The consensus after the debate was that Mr Romney was the victor, clearer and more commanding, while Mr Obama was widely slated for a performance that seemed at times flat and academic. Joe Klein, a commentator who's generally regarded as sympathetic to the Democrats, summed up the emerging consensus when he wrote that President Obama got his butt kicked. More important, the voters seemed to agree. A poll taken immediately after the debate for CNN showed 67% thinking that Mr Romney was the victor. So will this be enough to change the election? Mr Romney has, after all, consistently trailed the president up until this point. Joining me on the line from Denver, where the debate took place, is Richard McGregor, the FT's bureau chief in Washington, and here in the studio is John Gapper, an FT commentator who until recently was based in New York. So, Richard, you're in Denver. You were at the debate last night. Do you think this is, to use the, the inevitable cliche, a game-changer, and that Mr Romney's now really back in it? Well, it's certainly a game-changer on one level. Coming into the debate, there was widespread despair amongst Republicans and also within sections of the Romney campaign. They were falling behind in national polls. They were way behind in a number of key battleground states. And the first debate had the potential to calcify or solidify that situation or perhaps even make it worse. And so I think the Republicans were really thrilled with Mr. Romney's performance. And that means that all the talk about him just sliding into oblivion is gone. All the talk about big money rushing away from the presidential race to congressional races, particularly the Senate, um, that's gone. And they've got real um, enthusiasm and momentum as to whether it's a game changer in the polls and the like. I doubt it will be massive in the short term. But yes, it's a big reset button for the campaign. And Mr. Obama, I mean, both John and I watched the debate from, from here in London. I think uh, he did seem curiously flat. Uh, did we overestimate him as a debater? Well, I think so. I mean, he's an orator, not a debater. I think that's the first thing. And he almost seemed to be treating the event like a press conference rather than a debate. I mean, a debate's a zero-sum game. You get in and best your opponent. All the body language was wrong. You know, when you 
look down and write something down in the debate. Um, you look down and write it down in triumph. You don't sort of look down and glumly as though you've just lost the point. He was lethargic and he was low-key. And even worse than that, all the sorts of issues that he's had Mr Romney over a barrel over, like the 47% comment and the like, just weren't there. And I think people on his side were despairing about his performance. Yeah, I mean, before I turn to John, and that 47% comment for the listeners who've been on Mars, that was the one where Mr. Romney was secretly recorded saying that he'd written off 47% of the electorate who regarded themselves as victims because they were dependent on the government. It seemed so damaging. Mr. Obama, as you say, didn't use it. Presumably, that was a strategic decision. It, was, it can't have been an oversight. He can't have forgotten I don't know. I mean, afterwards, his advisers said the issue simply had not come up. I think, you know, in the the light of day this morning, they're saying, yes, we understand, we wish it had. Yeah, I mean, he could have inserted it at any point. This was a debate exclusively about domestic policy. Taxation dominated a large part of it. And the 47% comment, of course, is about the 47% of Americans who don't pay federal income taxes, who Mr. Romney said were victims, and uh, to use that wonderful American word, you know, moochers, in other words, layabouts. So, yes, it was baffling. John, you've been uh, following this campaign from New York and now now here from London. Did you, watching it, also get that sense that this was a much better night for Mr Romney than one had thought would be possible, and that Obama, just as some of his uh, supporters were saying, just didn't show up? Yes, I felt, watching it, that it was the first time we'd seen the Romney we expected after the primaries, where one of his advisers said he could use an extra sketch and stop tacking to the right, and we'd see a much more dynamic character and want to appeal to the voters. That's what we saw last night. In the meantime, there's been this enormous detour, it's felt like, in the Romney campaign, where he selected Paul Ryan, got caught up in tax issues with the 47% tape, appeared really not to be that pleasant a guy, The guy we saw on stage last night was very much the Romney you expected, a dynamic, moderate Republican. He looked like a guy who could be president. So I think it was significant. He seemed to come out from behind a set of curtains from which he's been hiding. And of course, although uh, many of us have been writing in the papers that, you know, it was all but wrapped up for Obama, in fact, his lead was never really much more than four to five points. So a small bump on Romney's level, yeah? Yes. I mean, I think, like Richard says, we'd have to see the polls. And of course, the polls are much more impressive in the swing states for Obama than they are for Romney. But I think one reason why the media was becoming increasingly convinced and the polls appeared to be showing that Romney was simply slipping out of it is he wasn't presenting himself. And I think last night he presented himself quite dynamically. And that has the potential to change things, I think. So, uh, Richard, what have we got left now? There are, what, two more presidential debates and a vice presidential debate. Is the first debate the one that sets the tone, or is there an opportunity now for Mr Obama to come back out swinging and, uh, you know, like, I suppose, the second Ali Frazier fight, you know, return it round and the rematch? Yes, um, or somebody else said there's been a lot of, uh, you know, fistic comparisons. I think somebody said it was like the rope-a-dope flight where, uh, you know, uh, Obama as Ali sort of, um, you know, pulled uh, Romney as George Foreman onto the ropes but forgot how the fight ended by knocking him out. Um, So there's two more presidential debates, the vice presidential one, more importantly, two more monthly jobs report, the next one tomorrow. I think one, if you want to look at upside for Mr. Obama out of this, as John said, you know, we had a much more moderate Mr. Romney 
on display, but you know his tax policy, he can cut rates by 20% across the board, not increase the deficit at all, and you know maintain revenue. So he's got a whole new juggling act he set up for himself on taxation and also on uh, Medicare or uh, aged health care. So there's there's vulnerability there. We just have to see Mr. Obama uh, exploit that. I mean, I think that he was he seemed complacent. He's had a big jolt. We'll see how he responds. Yeah, I must say that one of the things that that uh, seemed to slightly fox Mr. Obama in the debate, watching it, was uh, he kept saying, "Well, Romney plans this five trillion dollar tax cut," and Romney would just flatly deny it and say, "No, I don't." And rather than sort of coming up with chapter and verse, Obama seemed to a bit taken aback and sort of didn't really know how to respond. So what is the truth there? When Obama said there's this $5 trillion tax cut out there, is there? Well, that comes from the uh, report by the Tax Policy Centre, which is an, a non-partisan body in Washington, think tank. Um, and I think that the point Mr. Romney's making, of course, is that he uses a sort of supply-side dynamic scoring method, as they call it. In other words, he thinks by cutting taxes, he will lift growth. And therefore, you can't simply just look at a crude revenue measure that there'll there'll be $5 trillion less in taxes paid because the economy will be growing and revenue will come in in that respect. I think the model they used, at least a third or a half of those tax cuts will be got back through uh, growth. And that's a debate which is a perennial one in the U.S. about the impact of across-the-board tax cuts on economic growth. John, I mean, you specifically followed the economy and business when you were in New York. Should we have been a bit surprised that Obama was even ahead because he's running against a very unpromising economic background? And how do you feel the economy is playing into this election? Is it still Mr. Romney's trump card and the thing that could carry him to victory? I think the economy has certainly been weak, and of course the greatest vulnerability of Obama has been weak jobs growth. We're getting new jobs growth figures on Friday, and that's really the key indicator. Things haven't been as bad for Obama as they could be. Unemployment around 8.2, he can still be elected on that. He certainly watches the figures very carefully. You would have thought he might be worse off, and There's certainly an underlying momentum of discontent and unhappiness in the American electorate about their economic position, which could swing the race back in Romney's favour. And I I felt that one of Romney's more effective lines last night was when he turned to Obama and said, look, the status quo won't cut it. We're we're just not doing well enough. And it didn't seem to me, at least on the performance last night, that Obama was able to offer a sense that, well, next term would be better or different. Was he just sort of hiding his light under a bushel? Is there, in fact, an Obama plan that would see things improve? Or does one fatalistically have to accept that it's going to be a long haul uh, under Obama and probably under Romney as well? I think part of Obama's calculation in the debate is if you go back to the previous election where he became president, he was pretty low-key in those debates as well. And yet the public seemed to like him. They seemed to trust him. The combination of a passionate oratorical performance at various events and a low-key studied style in the debate seemed to work for him. The trouble is this time he's had a very low-key performance in the debates and nothing much else. He's not really promoting an enormous amount. And, of course, the economy could well turn around. Uh, Housing is getting an awful lot better than it was. Uh, There are some hopeful signs, despite the gloom. The question is... Will the American people trust him to get through to that cyclical upturn? And there, I think, he's got to provide a bit more evidence. Richard, I mean, might the Democrats yet be rescued simply by demographics? As you know, there's been a lot of talk in the US that 
the Republicans' ability to put together a winning coalition is being damaged by the changing nature of the US, the increasing importance of the Hispanic vote, Mr. Romney's uh, very great difficulty in making headway with women. Are those kinds of things going to uh, rescue Mr. Obama in the end, do you think? Absolutely, they could. And I, I think his campaign is banking on that because they know they're going into a historically bad sort of into an election with historically bad economic figures. I mean, let me just give you one example here in Colorado. This was once a Republican stronghold. Mr. Obama won it in a wave in 2008. But in the last decade, the Hispanic share of the population has gone up by 3%. Mr. Obama is winning those people over by about 70 points to 20 points, a massive gap. If he can get them to the polls, and he's got a massive ground game with the aim of doing just that, then they might win Colorado for him. They might win Nevada for him. And if you win states like that out here, then Mr. Romney just has to win every other battleground state in the country to win. One other point, the Obama people last night were saying, perhaps a little bit defensively, will this help Romney in Ohio, where he has indisputably been way behind? We'll wait and see. Uh, so he might get a bounce in the national polls. If he doesn't in battleground states, uh, it won't matter that much. Richard McGregor in Colorado, thanks very much. Well, the race is obviously fascinatingly poised. We'll have to leave it there for this week. I'm sure we'll return to it in future weeks. But for the moment, thanks very much to Richard. Thanks also to John Gapper here in the studio in London. The clips you heard in the debate came courtesy of Reuters. Until next week, goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.